Hi, I'm your host, Bella Page, and welcome to the Post-Concussion Podcast, all about life after experiencing a concussion. Help us make the invisible injury become visible. The Post-Concussion Podcast is strictly an information podcast about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. It does not provide nor substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are simply intended to spark discussion about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. Welcome to today's episode of the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Bella Page, and today's guest, Dr. Needy Shaw. Dr. Needy is a New Jersey licensed physical therapist with 11 plus years of clinical and leadership experience across New Jersey and New York. She has received her clinical doctorate in physical therapy and a master's degree in neuromuscular rehabilitation cum laude from Massachusetts General Hospital Institute of Health Professionals. She has followed her degrees with advanced education in vestibular rehabilitation, Parkinson's, as well as concussions. From 2012 through 2015, Dr. Needy was managing the Joint Commission Certified Brain Injury Rehab Program at Encompass Rehabilitation Hospital of Tinton Falls. During this span, Dr. Needy truly understood the hidden battle that concussion survivors face. She saw the struggles that living with PCS face neurologically, physically, mentally, emotionally, as well as psychologically, and dedicated herself to listening to and assisting concussion survivors improve their quality of life through movement. Dr. Shaw's expertise has helped hundreds of individuals reclaim their lives through her treatment. Her company specializes in treating individuals with movement disorders like balance deficits, dizziness, visual issues that result from concussions, Over the span of her career, she has been awarded the Majori K. Lanta Award for Clinical Excellence in recognition of her clinical service at MGH Institute of Health Professions in 2011, a neuromuscular specialist in 2014, Operational Excellence Award in 2018, and CEO Awards for Patient Satisfaction in 2018 and 2019. Welcome to the show, Dr. Needy. Thank you so much for having me today, Bella. Appreciate your time. So to start, do you want to start about what created your interest in treating individuals with post-concussion syndrome? I can't pinpoint one thing, but it was definitely my time working with clients who had brain injury at Encompass, and I was managing a program, so I would oversee everybody's outcomes. And people with mild TBI actually ended up facing a lot of long-term issues. And then, you know, once you follow up, I used to follow up with them and I got to learn about their struggles and how hard life was and how few, even healthcare professionals really knew everything that they were facing. And sometimes their uh, problems were actually dismissed and not taken seriously by other, you know, healthcare professionals. So that really caught me and made me realize how much of a need there is to help these people and make sure they're getting the right treatment and getting the right direction. Because it's 
it's easy to find a solution if you know where the problem is. And with post-concussion, that's the key. You know, there could be more than one problem we're looking out for, but we need to know where it's stemming from. And that's what, and it really made me feel like that would be a great way to help people that are not served by other professionals. Yeah, for sure. And it's so true, the dismissed feeling, because they can't see it and trying to explain how you're feeling sometimes after a brain injury or a concussion. It's really hard to explain it because you feel so different, like everything is different. And trying to pinpoint exactly what's wrong can be really challenging. We have this conversation with patients when you're talking about not being able to pinpoint and not being able to express how you're feeling. I have this conversation with most of my concussion patients about vocabulary to use when you're describing the problem. Because if you're not from a medical background, it's hard to have that vocabulary to really describe how you're feeling. So we talk a lot about that too on our evaluation and our treatment. That's great. I never had anyone do that for me. So that's awesome. And it's true because just saying, I feel off balance. Okay, well, that could mean a million things. I feel dizzy. That could mean a million things. So things like that. Or my problem was I had a lot of headaches, so head pain. And I'd be like, well, the head pain moved all the time. So trying to explain it was very challenging. So it was something I kind of read up when I was looking over and we talked previously was five things that need to be addressed after a concussion. So what are those five things? So depends on who is working with the client. You know, if you go to a kidney specialist, they're going to see check the kidneys, obviously. I'm a physical therapist. So my job is to make sure I obviously I look at the physical aspect of the problem, where the problem is. Is it an organic brain issue or is it coming from the neck or is it coming from somewhere else? I check neurological, you know, if it is affecting the brain, exactly how it's affecting the functioning and what's going on that's limited. The third thing I check is cognitive. If there's any cognitive issue ongoing where the patient is feeling like they can't remember stuff or they just feel a brain fog through the day, I try to work through that. We also work emotionally because actually that's one of the biggest thing with post-concussion that's very misunderstood. And that's something that we try to ensure we address. And the last thing we try to check, well, sometimes I'll talk, it's the, within the neurological, there's a fifth little component, the vestibular system. It's not truly neurological because it's not the brain. It's right outside the brain, but it's a very important system to check. And that's something that is very, very often overlooked. So those are the five components that I want to make sure. And the, the last one is sleep too. And that I can't do anything about except tell you to exercise and you'll get better sleep. But that's another thing to ensure that is assessed. Yeah, well, that's great. And I really like the emotional component because that was the last piece of my puzzle to really figure out was getting through like the mental health side of it because I was doing better physically, but I needed to make that next step as I've talked about on the podcast before and getting help for my mental health was that step for sure. And sleep, I find that one's all over the place. <laughs> I'll sleep great for two weeks and then I won't. So that one is a whole nother issue in itself. But something I really wanted to focus on today, something that I had slight issues with, but it was more like if I stood up too quick and I'd almost fall over. <laughs> it's uh, balance issues in concussion survivors. So what causes balance issues? 
So to explain what causes balance issues, I'll have to start with explaining where we get our balance from. And, you know, balance is basically like an input-output processing, just like your computer receives inputs and processes the information and sends out the inputs. Similarly, our brain receives the information from our eyes, our inner ears, and the proprioceptive system, or the, the system of body awareness. It gets the information, and there are centers in the brain that process this information, just like the processing unit on a computer. And then it relays the information via our muscles and how we're moving and things like that. Just like we see on the monitor, the information that we just typed and what we got back. So it's kind of like that, how our balance system works. And a problem with any of these systems will cause issues with balance. Specific to individuals who have survived a concussion, it's very, very common that the metabolic disturbances in the brain that occur due to the injury that messes with the processing of the information and that causes a, you know, imbalance or people to feel off balance. The other one is very often the trauma of the concussion itself will cause a disturbance within the inner ear. People have concussions not only in the brain, but also in the inner ear that will cause them to feel dizzy. And that's actually one of the indicators that a concussion will take a long time to heal. If you're dizzy at the side of your event or wherever you get injured, if you get dizzy right away, that is one of the strong indicators that say that you might take a little bit longer to recover. And then the third thing would be your vision. Because if something's off with the vestibular system and the brain, your vision's off and that's definitely going to throw off your balance. And the last thing is if you ended up injuring any of your muscles or if the neurological output to any of your muscles is messed up, you're not going to be able to control your balance. So it's a combination of factors. Could be any of these or many of these too. Yeah, I could see that because so many, I find that's also one of the issues with treating concussions is there's so many factors. You're not treating, like it's like, I broke my foot twice in one year and all you had to treat was my foot. And then I had to relearn how to balance after because I spent so much time on crutches. But like that was, it was just one area. There was no treat your balance and then your eyes. And then, you know, like there's just so many different factors that can affect you and how your health was before your concussion. How was your balance before? And then that could affect you too. So there's just so many different aspects to it, which I find really fascinating, but definitely explains why concussions, their treatment options are getting better, but they're still definitely need improvement with research. So is there a specific way to diagnose balance issues other than just, I feel like I'm going to fall over? You know how we talked a little bit about the vocabulary? When patients come to me with concussion, I'm just going to give you an example. I have this lady who was in a ski accident and she found me and she told me she was feeling off balance. And then when we dug in deeper, not only was she feeling off balance, she was also feeling lightheaded, which means when she got up too quickly, her heart rate was going up and her blood pressure was going down, causing her to feel like she was going to pass out, which is different from feeling off balance. So again, that's, you know, the way you use the word, it's hard for a person who's experiencing it, who has no medical background or no training whatsoever to explain this. But they're always going to see, say, dizzy or off balance. 
So she came to me saying she was having difficulty standing up because she got lightheaded right after. She said that whenever she looked down or climbed up the stairs, she was getting spinning sensations or vertigo, to be specific. And she couldn't walk in a dark room or the bathroom at night. And then we basically, to test every system, we checked her cardiac system first to make sure how her body was reacting. Because that's another thing with concussions that it messes with how your heart is reacting. Again, anything with the brain, the brain controls everything. If there's something going on with the pituitary, you know, your heart rate's going to go up and down. You're not going to know why you're feeling like that. So we checked your cardiac system. Then I checked her vision. She had a deficit with convergence. Her eyes weren't converging, so she couldn't see things that were close up. So everything would look double. That made her feel off. She had something we call BPPV. I'm sure you've heard of it before, but if you haven't, it's basically tiny little crystals in the inner ear that move from their normal location and cause a disturbance in the input that goes into the brain. And because of that, it causes a spinning sensation. So she was experiencing that as well. So she was a classic example of where all the problems should come from. And this is all we test. We test your neck. We test your vision. We test your cardiac system. We test your brain, the cerebellum, all of it. So there are tests for each of these. And the best way to test it, physical therapist who works with people who have concussions. Yeah, I definitely push that, the find someone who works with concussions, find someone who's interested in it. Because when you're going to someone who is not interested in the field or specializes in the field, you're expecting a lot from someone who doesn't look into it, right? And I find that can be really hard and disappointing because you go there and you, oh, I've read this online, which is great, but if they've never researched into anything related to concussions, it's going to be a big learning step for both of you instead of just one of you. And I get the lightheadedness, like I call lightheadedness, I always feel like, I call it a head rush, but it's this like where you stand up and everything goes, whoa, (laughs) but it's amazing. Like you said, different terms, same thing. And it can definitely affect your ability to get treated. And we've talked about it on this podcast before, how one word, you have to find other words to describe those simple words because off balance. If you keep saying, yeah. Yeah, it's not enough. (laughs) It's not enough to get help, even though that in general, that's how you're feeling. So with that, you can find out more about Dr. Shaw on yourmovementspecialist.com, which like always will be found in our show notes and description but we're going to take a break. Be sure to stay tuned for our continued talk on balance. I just wanted to say thank you. The podcast is just over six months old and I couldn't be happier with the response. If you truly love the podcast, please consider leaving a tip in our support the podcast tip jar found at the bottom of our episode description. All tips are greatly appreciated and help cover costs of the show. Welcome back to the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Belle Page, and today's guest, Dr. Nidhi Shaw. So far, we've been talking about balance issues, which can be a really big problem for concussion survivors. And I wanted to ask, what can our listeners do at home to help their balance? Is there anything specific that they can look into? So as I told you earlier, it's always good to evaluate where the problem is coming from, because if you don't know where the problem is coming from, you're just going to be throwing shooting darts in the dark. So you want to make sure you know where the problem is coming from. 
you want to make sure you have the right vocabulary to describe it. Seek professional help first, because sometimes when you try to do things on your own, you're putting yourself a little bit at a, a risk for falling. But the simplest things that I tell people to do is just work on basic strengthening and basic length of the legs. That's never going to hurt you. Do some standing exercises and start off with just holding on with one hand and then slowly progress yourself to doing it without holding on and then slowly progress yourself to doing it with your feet close together, you know, slowly progress yourself with eyes closed. So there's ways to progress balance exercises, but if you're feeling not so great, you're really, you know, fresh out of the concussion or you've been facing a lot of other issues. Like if you, what you described a head rush, some people right after concussion actually ex experience such a bad head rush that every time they stand up, they collapse. And you don't want to do that because you don't want more injuries. So you have to be a little bit cautious in implementing these things on your own. I'd rather get professional help first and get their opinion on exactly what you, you should be doing by yourself. You know, get their opinion on your homework. For sure. And it's true. I got really bad head rushes to the point where I would, well, my vision would black out, like, which was a whole different underlying issue. So I had to get that problem solved first. Like sometimes there's steps before and I had to do that. So there's things that people will do at home, like when you leave therapy, but what about is it different when you go to therapy? Like, is there more advanced training or therapy that you do when you're there? I never really had to do a lot of balance, but I've seen people do things with weights. Is there anything that people partake in to help improve their balance when they come to, say, see you? Yes, absolutely. A lot of what I do is working with people's balance. So again, you know, we find out where the problem is coming from. If it's a vestibular issue, we address it in that way. But most often it's progressively challenging what you can do and doing more of it. And we have equipment and we make use of techniques that are challenging you to your limit, pushing your reserves a little bit more, which if you were by yourself, that would be very, very difficult to do. You know, having the supervision, the guarding and having that mental peace that if God forbid you were to lose your balance, someone is there which makes a huge difference, gives you a lot more confidence. So it's always good to seek help from a trained physical therapist, you know, a concussion certified physical therapist. That's some great advice. And the confidence part I like, because sometimes your confidence kind of dwindles when your life changes and all of a sudden it's really loud to go outside or, you know, you go and take a normal day, you spend a normal day doing something and then you pay for it the next day, which is really common. And it's important to kind of create confidence as you start to do things, because if your confidence gets crushed, it can be really hard to overcome it. And it happens to a lot of survivors where so many things have gone wrong in a row. And it just seems like everything's going wrong, that your confidence is kind of shot to go anywhere. You don't want to leave the house. You don't want to do anything. And so it's important to do it right first so that we don't lose that confidence that we are almost losing anyways. It's a really challenging time. Again, mental health is so important. So obviously seeking mental health help early on is always a good way to go about it. And going to healthcare professionals, doctors, and if you're younger than pediatricians and, you know, physical therapists who know the language and who know how you're feeling, even if it's not specific, you know, they're much gentler, much calmer. And they have a very good way of making you feel comfortable. 
And that, that really helps boost your confidence. And that really helps make you feel like, I'm going to get through this. I have help. I have support. And what I do a lot is take the caregiver on the side and explain a lot of times what's going on. Because for a parent or a spouse or a loved one to truly understand how you're feeling is impossible, next to impossible. So just saying, I just make sure I tell them to ignore or support any emotional outbreaks or any difficult moments or, you know, we try to provide a lot of caregiver support in that aspect too. Well, and it's really important. The family aspect is huge to me because I have a really crazy supportive family, like really close siblings. My parents are really close to me and I still had severe depression and things like that. And people sometimes are shocked. They like don't expect it because they're like, oh, well, you have this great family and all the support system, but sometimes you still need the mental health help, even though it seems like you have all this support around you. And it was really hard to explain to them what was going on. And it was really hard on them emotionally as well, because I was in pain. And something I posted about before we recorded this was I didn't like feeling like a burden and telling someone that you're in pain every single day. It would like you see their face shift and they try to hold it to like prevent it, but you see it anyways. And then you don't want to tell them that you feel bad. And there's just so many factors like that. So it's really nice that you try your best to help them understand even more because they do need that. They really do. Thank you. So when recovering from balance, is it like a slow process? Is it something that usually takes a few months? Like I know everybody's concussion is totally different and they're all like snowflakes, but what can survivors expect when they start? So again, it is different and depends on how many concussions you've had, how severe your PCS, if you have PCS, how severe it is, and how you react to the training. Some people take it really well. They have symptom provocation for 30 minutes and then they're off on their way. They take a nap and they're good. However, there are some people that have therapy for a day. They need to rest the entire day the next day. So again, it depends on the tolerance the intensity and severity of the concussion itself. And it also depends on gender sometimes because women end up having worse symptoms than men do or girls, high schoolers. Girls have a harder time because of estrogen and because of the hormones. Concussion is actually much severe for them than it is for boys. Not to say that the boys don't have a hard time, but it lasts longer and takes longer for them. So even though balance can be improved in five to six sessions, especially if you're doing homework, it depends on how intense, how severe the problem is, where it's coming from. If it's just a simple neck issue, we can solve it in three sessions. If it is inner ear issue, a vestibular nerve issue or a concussion in the vestibular system, it can take anywhere between 12 to 15 sessions. And if it's just PPPV, your balance can improve in two sessions. So it truly depends on how you are and where the problem comes from. And I really like that you mentioned that. It's not something we've talked a lot about on the podcast is the gender differences between concussion recovery. And it's true. I have a lot more female listeners who reach out to me about having issues than I do male. And I understand the estrogen hormone balances because it took me, I spent over a year trying to figure out what was the right what would work for me? Because I'd have like that one week where I'd be low and everything would go wrong and then I'd be good. And it does take time to figure all that out as well. And it's something you don't really think about because people think men 
for some reason, because concussions and athletes and people think men instantly because they think football and hockey. So they instantly think of men, but they forget that you can get a concussion anywhere to start. And it's not just sports. And the other thing is female athletes struggle more and they definitely do. I agree. So is there anything else you would like to add before we end today's episode? Nothing, Della. I think you're doing a wonderful job. Thank you for being such a good resource for the people that follow you. I think that this kind of someone out there to support other survivors, someone who's been through it is so important. And Instagram is such a powerful tool and you're utilizing it in the best possible way. So thank you for all your work. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your work with concussion survivors. You're welcome. Has your life been affected by concussions? Join our podcast by getting in touch. Thank you so much for listening to the Post-Concussion Podcast and be sure to help us educate the world about the reality of concussions by giving us a share. And to learn more, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.